I'm currently in the kitchen trying to be as quiet as I can because my son had, like, I guess a sleepover, you would say. Two of his friends came over yesterday. They hung out, played video games and all that crap. So I'm in the dark recording this, trying to make coffee and navigate around the kitchen with a iPhone flashlight. So once I'm done getting this coffee and set up, I'm going to head upstairs and start the show. Crack, goats, ostriches, hip-hop. These four things have nothing to do with one another, but in the story of Public Enemy, they all have a place. <laughs> so if you tune into yesterday's episode, I read an article saying that Public Enemy was going to be reuniting, or at least attempting to reunite, and I wanted to know why they broke up in the first place. So in doing my research, I found out that back in 2000, um... Chuck D tried to sign Public Enemy up to do a Bernie Sanders rally and pretty much Flavor Flav wanted nothing to do with it. So he sent out a cyst and deceased letter to Bernie Sanders and his people saying, yo, Chuck D can do whatever the hell he wants, but he can't use a Public Enemy name because I'm a part of the group. So figure it out. And I'm suing Chuck D. Chuck D owes me money. Um, Chuck D tried to come out and say that this was all a hoax. April Fool's joke that everything was going well in the group. And to think nothing of it, apparently, no, Flavor Flav said that wasn't the truth. Chuck D owes him money and royalties for songwritings. I tried to find out what songs exactly those were, and I couldn't find too many sources that reference any of the songs that he did. The only one I was able to find out was one called Harder Than You Think. And I went and checked out the song, and the song was like, whatever, you know, um, Flavor Flav pretty much kind of just did ad-libs on the uh, song. Um, it would start off with him saying a couple of things and Chuck D would come out, he would rap and then Flavor Flav would have like 30 seconds or so saying some things and then Chuck D would rap again and then just more of that type of thing. So, I mean, if you put in work on the track, you have to pay him. So I'm not mad at him for wanting his money. So I get that. But doing more and more digging into this group, I found that they had all sorts of craziness going on. Professor uh, Griff was one of the members of it. He pretty much was the security for the group. Um, he said he would have issues with Flavor Flav not showing up to shows, and he would have to go through the neighborhoods to try to find them because Flavor Flav was getting high off crack, which caused him, you know, fight with the different drug dealers or whatnot to get to Flavor Flav so they can drag him on stage. And he said one time it got so bad he had to literally put hands on Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav was giving him lip high off crack and whatnot, and he was holding a boombox in his hand. So Professor Grip just runs up and does like a fucking Hulk Hogan kick through the radio and kick Chuck D in his not Chuck D, I'm sorry, Flavor Flav in his chest, and Flavor Flav was mad, and they had an argument or whatnot, but they went on stage and did the show. Then he said there was another time that they were doing a video shoot for a song called Night of the Living Basehead, I think it is, or Fiend, I'd have to check the name, I'm sorry, can't remember, I'm like still like trying to wake up and this coffee's slowly kicking in, but during that video shoot, Flavor Flav was getting high off crack, and he said it was just so crazy that they're trying to sit here and do this song about, you know, not doing drugs and whatnot, and one of the members of it, probably the most famous member of them all from his antics and personality, is out here on the video high off fucking crack, so he said they always had turmoils with just different ideologies and what was going on in the group, and, you know, he, he said it himself that Chuck D pretty much wasn't a, um, uh, not a good leader, I want to say, but he wasn't equipped to handle these personalities and get this group together. So there was always some issues. Um, another interesting thing I found out about the group, which was super crazy, was there's this big moment for 
politicians and stuff the well term called the sister soldier sister soldier thing and i guess in 1992 bill clinton pretty much used sister soldier who was a member of public enemy as a, a means to get some backing in his political game pretty much sister soldier went on this um jesse jackson show the rainbow coalition radio thing in washington post and she had some um words for what was going on in the LA riots. Well, Bill Clinton used these words that she have. I'm sorry, I can't remember them off the top of my head. You can go look it up and I'm trying to speed this up because I'm like running out of time. I think I'm going over my five minutes, but it is what it is. And um, with these words, Bill Clinton was pretty much like, yo, she's an extremist. We don't fuck with that as the Democratic Party. We're denouncing her, Jesse Jackson, and the whole nine. And that caused this sister soldier turn to pop up. If you get a chance, you should go really check it out. It's pretty interesting. Again, since I'm pressed for time, I don't have a lot to, uh, a lot of time to cover that, but going on to the ostriches and goats. <laughs> so public enemy had a DJ called Terminator X and he had some issues with Chuck D and money as well. And he ended up leaving the group so he can go start an uh, ostrich farm. And apparently that wasn't true. He said he really went off to go start a goat farm. So that's that. All I know is public enemy they did a lot of big things in hip hop and had some great moments and whatnot, but it seems like that group was just chaotic as hell to say the least. Anyway, that's all I got for you today. I'm going to go ahead and finish up this coffee and probably hop on Apex. You guys have a good day and I'll catch you tomorrow.